So the thing about auctioning, I'm not a gambler. No. I'm not a joker. I'm not a toker. <laughs> you wish to be a midnight smoker, but that's yeah, a different I do. conversation. That's a different conversation. <laughs> but damn it, auction is hard for me. So now I'm in the running for two now. Oh, I've God. been outbid by the other two, which I guess I could just have two. You could have two. I could have none and be fine. But You could have one and be fine, but four would be great. Four would be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about having a mic. Boom, it works. Boom, boom, boom. Da, 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 da. Boom, 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 boom. Da, 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 da. Hey, this is Amrita and Andrew. We write and produce as VJ and Stevens, and we podcast our way through freelance, free-range life. If you're thinking about taking a leap off the beaten path in any part of your life, our inexpert advice is don't think twice. Oh, anyway, welcome back to the 2022 episode one. Our, don't think twice. Our first time recording in 2022. Yeah. Doesn't my face look good? Your face looks good. You You're, have a eyeliner on. Oh, thank you. I do. You have I do. A, you know, I, I actually thought to myself, I'm going to sit down and talk to Andrew today, and um, I want my face to look presentable. Well, you look great. Thank you. Your face looks great, thank too. Thank you. Uh, and that is because our friend Jen Hartley did gift me a free bottle of witch hazel oh which i've been using um and i realized that the only time i ever use beauty products brought beauty products um the way they're supposed to be used and and, and what do you mean the way they're supposed to be the, used to the amount using the actual prescribed amount oh because you're trying to be stingy gives me something for you're free. like you're like trying to save my, a dime right, right. okay and in the process you're like, not using enough so Make this last she gave for me three this years. Witch hazel toner, which I don't know what it does, but you know, witch hazel has those good properties. Clarity, whatever those are. Toner. It's like a toner. Yeah. yeah. And I I use it liberally and And you feel like it's giving you that glow. I, I, I You are someone who also like your body responds very um enthusiastically to like well, I'm not going to say the placebo effect, but like, it's like if you're like, I'm taking this pill, like I you're will. taking digestive enzymes and then all of a sudden you're like, my body has yeah. never worked better. No, I'm a person that, that I should <laughs> only be prescribed fake, placebos. Fake drugs. <laughs> yeah. Sugar pills. And the doctor can tell me, now this is a sugar pill, but you must take it every day. And the next week I'll be cured. Like, I'm, I, it, well, that did the trick, yep. doctor. That's all yeah. I needed. Yeah. Um, well... So our friend Jen gave you witch hazel, but you know what she gave me? What? A butt mask. It's like a sheet mask for your face, except that you put it on your butt. Well, so what she gave th- me the toner because she has a three-step skincare system. Okay. That Why she did invented she give or? you? No, no, no. Oh. Why did she give you a butt toner? That's my is question. Butt, does she feel like her butt is well, clearly, for now and forever sufficiently toned? Well, it. I mean, from an, a third-party objective perspective, <laughs> I think her butt is pretty toned. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe she, or maybe she noticed a deficiency in me that she's <laughs> trying to correct. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't really understand what it looks like. It's like in a little package. I mean, the same way that like you know. Well, those, it's a face mask for your butt. It's a face mask for your butt. 
but like what is it shaped like anyway i guess we'll find out i should i should do it but i just don't really understand and then and then i'm like supposed to lie on my stomach or something while it like soaks soaks in on my butt cheeks <laughs> anyway so you lucked out on your gifting with getting the witch hazel is what i'm saying yes. um but who knows maybe i'll, I'll try i mean i'll try the butt mask i'll try the butt mask you know okay so placebos aside aside mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is our first i mean like i say our first this is our like winter back like actually experiencing real winter. Like last year we were in at in Cape Cod for part of the winter, but like kind of escaped the worst of the winter in mm-hmm. Louisiana. So um, this is our like New York winter, back in New York winter. Um, what are your winter survivalism things? Yeah, like what's, like how are you coping with winter? Well, I, it I was mean, just I, recently my birthday. So yes, it's Capricorn season. It is. And every January, I, in recent years, I have allowed myself not to do very much, mm-hmm. not to um, put a lot of expectation on much in the month of January, and it's always been very successful for me. Um, I actually really love that answer. I mean, I was going to say um, humidity. <laughs> Um, so like we have this palm tree in our, a new, a new palm tree in our new living room. And I feel really like an affinity with this palm tree. It's like kind of dry. It's like thirsty all the time, but Mm -hmm. doesn't really know how to like clearly make its needs known. It's kind of just like vaguely a little crunchy, but it's not like dying, but it's not like thriving either. Like I feel like I'm that palm tree and we put a humidifier next to the palm tree and I feel like. Right it's next to it. Right next to it. Like just it's breathing, misting right. It's warm it's just, breath <sighs> right into the leaves. Yeah. And I feel like the palm tree and, and me are are the same. Like humidity makes such a big difference for the feel like it's yes. balmier even when it's cold. And like I and I just am like a dry bitch. So like I just uh, I, I well I hope the palm tree doesn't die now that I've like linked its well being to my own. But um <laughs> Well yeah. <laughs> No, but like I, I feel like I feel like I'm that palm tree, and it's 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 much happier now that it has like that humidifier mm-hmm. next to it. It's still not like, you know, it's not like popping, you know. Well, we can't uh, that humidifier while it's big, it's still struggling in the big space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know what you do in a big space. Yes, good problems to have in Brooklyn. So much space. It gets you humidity. Through. Um. Well, I was gonna say humidity, lighting. Because, like, now that I live with a person who is, like, obsessed with lighting schemes. Yes, you're pointing at me. Yes. Um, like, I feel like it's one of the many ways, that, like, that you're a life improver. But, like, it's, like, having a nice dim lighting scheme in the winter, like, is very helpful, actually. Like, trying to fight against it by having bright lights is, like, more cognitively disturbing, I think. Mm. And moving slow was my other thing. So that was what you just said was, like, not having high expectations for, like, big anything yeah for anything in january i'm trying to like just go really slow and just like you know but where's the line where it's like too slow is there such a thing as too slow in january or no yeah there's such a thing as too slow which you're not doing (laughs) but i say that Mm -hmm. because everything everything about um home matters that I see on the internet or um, 
any type of conversation around self-care is always about <laughs> slowing down uh -huh. and calming down and making a serene environment and all of these things. And like, I don't want to like devolve <laughs> here, but like there are, uh, for every concept, there's a, there's the good and then there's the bad and everything is in balance. And so you can make a place too serene. You can have something too calm. You can sink yourself into a place huh. of inactivity too in a way. Too serene. That, yeah, Tell me I think about so. that. What's, I think so. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not, I don't argue you the know? point, but you feel like you need a little, there, you need a little I friction. I mean, death is serene, right? It's like the <laughs> ultimate. Death, the ultimate serenity. Um, yeah. Um, well, it's kind of like your thing about clothes that like there is such a thing as too much comfort because sometimes you need to like dress nice yeah. and and like part of that is potentially like you know not being like severely uncomfortable but but yeah like sometimes wearing like fancy shoes means like a bit less comfort than mm -hmm. wearing like slippers yeah. <laughs> and that's just like showing respect to yourself that's showing respect to the like the event like the person that you're gonna see whatever yeah it, it's also <laughs> I'll just say it. Humans want to have the right answer to everything. And our home should be our sanctuary and it should be serene and it should be calming. It should be where we restore ourselves and like yada, yada, yada. Um, and we have very specific notions for like what that should be and mean for everyone. And I think, well, sh does home have to be serene? Should it be a sanctuary? Like in that you want to encourage yourself to like also need to leave sometimes? Or? Well, in the sense that like I was watching on YouTube, for example. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, this English woman on BBC who who's a historian and she does this like uh, a lot or of... Or an historian as they say on the BBC yes. because they're British and they don't say haters. <laughs> and she does a lot of, I, I wouldn't call it like pop history, but she does a lot of... Uh, BBC television specials that are, you know, entertaining. She had a whole series about the home. And in each episode, she explored a different room of the home. The bathroom, the kitchen, the bedroom, the living room. And in it, it's fascinating. Love that this is what you do with your <laughs> internet time. Like, I'm like watching like, like TikToks of like, birds that learn how to talk okay anyway and it's fascinating to to realize how uh our modern day concepts of all of these rooms would not only be foreign to people of different times but would be um it would be scandalized almost by the idea uh that you would ever have time to to yourself or ever have space to yourself i should say yeah even the concept of a bedroom took <laughs> took millennia to develop and and all these things so that's really all i'm saying is when i think about the home being the sanctuary not that i don't understand what people mean when they say that but on the on the flip side you know maybe it's a all little things in self indulgent yeah all things in balance for sure for sure. And so we're moving slowly in January, I I but way. not too slowly. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I wouldn't fit in in medieval Europe. <laughs> for many reasons. Your cleanliness, you know, your uh, desire for solitude, all those things. Um, so I, speaking of being uncomfortable, though, um, I did dress up yesterday. 
Yes, you did. You went um, to the opera. I went to the opera. It was my first time back at the opera house um, in over two years. Uh, so it was a big, it was a momentous occasion. Uh, I, I did suffer a little extra discomfort because my tights were too small and they were falling down on the train. And I was like, oh my God, I have to reach into my pants on the train. It was terrible. But mm-hmm. it was great. It was great. It was definitely a strange experience. Um, you know, you know, being masked for three and a half hours is a long time. It's a <laughs> to long say time. It's a long time. Um, to when the we point, went to a Broadway show, it was a long time. Yeah. And, and, and that wasn't three hours. No, it wasn't three and a half hours. It's just very, I mean, there is such a thing as too, too much humidity. And that too much humidity is inside your mask during an opera. <laughs> well, I'll say as someone with uh, facial hair. Oh, yeah. I'm like irritation, irritation skin irritation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, it's, it is shockingly like not full. <laughs> I mean, which really? Is, which is good. Like, what I, would you say percentage-wise? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I didn't really see the full spectrum. I couldn't see. I'm in, I'm in the family circle. That's sort of my preferred seats. Which, um, if you haven't been at the Met, there's the ground floor, the orchestra seat, the balcony. And then the tiers. And then, like, sort of family circle is basically the top. It's like five floors up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the family circle was mostly empty last night. Mostly empty. Wow. Yeah. Um, and because they're selling less tickets? I think because less people are going. I, I, I don't, I mean, they have, they have sort of been taking pride in having not canceled a show yet. They haven't canceled a single show yet. You know, this. So they're hemorrhaging money, which is fine because. What? Yeah. I mean. We shouldn't measure our accomplishments by money. By, you, if something makes money. Certainly so not the them. artist ones. And you know, uh, uh, so that was one thing is it was, it was surprisingly empty. Um, it was nice to take in art like with other people, like in proximity though. There were people around. It wasn't like completely deserted, but it was, you know, from what it normally is, it's quite, it was quite empty. There was something that's like so triumphant about watching people who are putting on work during the, at this time, because <laughs> like everything is so much harder to get it off the ground or to mm-hmm. like, but at the end, like it was a type of palpable delight among the cast on stage for having like, we did this. It's their only their second performance of the run. Right. Um, more so than you than you normally see like no, it's it like, like wartime bond yes it was yeah. to- totally wartime like they they came out and they were just like so excited that they just did this thing like literally dancing during the like curtain call like just like fist pumping <laughs> and like mm-hmm. it was really cute <laughs> so um it felt very yeah it felt wartime triumph uh like from the performers so i re- like i actually really kind of liked that that spirit um, the one thing that was a bit awry is it, okay. I have a question for you. The titles that appear, yes, this the Met titles, super titles. So yeah, is it a person that operates those? Is there um, a person? Yes, okay. it has to be because because um, like what if the tempo is different? The or tempo, like? yeah, yeah. So um, that person was which is dr- separate than the supernumerator, I believe. Oh, what was that? What's the super? Isn't this? What's the supernumerator? Well, maybe <laughs> Did I just made that up. Let me look at that. Super denominator. Talking. No, um, I, I, the person who was operating the titles, I'm sorry to say, was like it was just a person who thought, you know what, one uh, one of many of us, I think, in the working world, who's like, you know what, that's good enough. It's yeah. good enough. Was so, he like behind? Ah, uh, it was behind. It was absent. It was. Um, they skipped a whole like thing that that I think is pretty like plot crucial <laughs> during like the finale. But, you know, I think I support that person in thinking good enough is good enough. 
you know. I mean, everyone has a bad general... night. I mean, I've been to plenty of operas. I've never noticed. <laughs> um, so, super numerator is not right. Okay. Um, that's a is the dan- the definition. Uh, super numerary person or thing is a is a is someone in excess of the regular necessary or usual number. Whoa. Or an actor without a speaking part. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was going to say, where did you get that? Yeah, I was like, how did I get yeah. that? I was an actor without... Um, okay. So like an extra. So like a, like like the servants that come on stage wrong. and do a little, do, like set the table during the wedding scene. Yes. Those people are super yes. numerators. Okay. All right. Well, now I learned I learned a word. I didn't know. I didn't, never well, Yeah, because I that word. use it. Yeah. Don't be afraid to misuse words. Uh-huh. Or looking up that's words. That's how we learn. And also people misuse words all the time and are unapologetic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a good trait to go around misusing words, I guess. But sometimes I'm like 75% sure I understand. I know yeah, but the thing what is a you word actually means. have a really good vocabulary and, and you know what, a lot of words. So, and, but then I will, for fear of like the 25% where it's like, I'm not sure exactly if that's exactly how that word should mm-hmm. be used, then so, I won't use it. So carry yourself with the confidence of a person who uses a $10 word in place of a <laughs> <laughs> 10 cent word. <laughs> Fun fact, mm-hmm. Jesus. Was a Capricorn? No. Yeah, he was. He was born in August. Jesus? Yeah, he wasn't born. On Christmas? No. No, no, no. Wait. Christmas was a pagan holiday for which Christian Jews as a cover to celebrate. Oh, you know, I knew this. I knew that. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, yeah. But don't you feel like Jesus gives you big Capricorn energy, though? No. 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 Jesus is like a Leo. <laughs> all flashbang. Me, me, me. <laughs> me, 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 me. All yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Um, um, I was watching, Jesus, you know, as you, I do, I was watching a Jesus documentary, and they did mention. Yes. That uh, astrologically, uh-huh. all of Jesus's placements. Oh, my God. So I don't know how to say it. You can help me say this. The house? The houses. So uh-huh. like the ruling planets are uh-huh. in the houses. Yes. That's- Capricorn oh, okay. was in mm-hmm, Saturn mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Scorpio was in whatever. How, whatever. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I know what you're trying to say. You're, you're trying to say that, that Saturn was in in Capricorn. No. Listen to me. Yeah. All of the All 12 of the signs were in their home positions. Oh. I understand what you're saying. Does that, does yes. that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. In their domicile is what they call it. Okay. All the plants were in their in their like home houses right. when Jesus was born. When Je- so Jesus has this placement. And these astrologers are like astrologers like that's just amazing that he had this okay, placement. Wait, wait, but wait, wouldn't this that mean docu- that every person born when Jesus was born also had that placement? Yes. Because they were like, well, you know, that's Jesus. He has well, all the placements. No, but 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 your planetary placement is also determined by exactly where you were born, like the location that you were born and the time you were born. Right. So unless there were like multiple people that were born in Bethlehem. Born in Bethlehem. <laughs> anyway, wait, what kind of what the fuck kind of documentary was this? Yeah, I was gonna say this sounds like some, it wasn't really a documentary. some bunk science. Wait, was that what was that what you were gonna share when you said Jesus? Yeah. 
What? I mean, I did I did watch a legitimate PBS documentary about Jesus, which was fantastic. Okay, you've been watching a lot of documentaries lately. Yeah, I have. <clears throat> one last documentary I saw, and then we'll move on. Mm-hmm. This one uh, was on Netflix, came out last year. Just an hour and a half long documentary about an art world fraud um, gallery that sold fraudulent mid-century artists like 80 million dollars mm. worth of like rothko's and and like but rothko's quote yeah that unquote, had fake yeah, that were fake that mm. you know and the documentary was about the gallery itself and and the question if they were deceived which they claimed they were deceived and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, then about a few mm-hmm. of the the purchasers of the art so these were these were like forgeries basically these were forgeries okay forgeries created out forgeries of a, is a forgery is such a glamorous crime i, I, right. I yeah i mean i'm I, um, a chinese man in queens forged like several artists mm-hmm. not just one didn't mm-hmm. just master one art artists techniques several so much so that forensic analysis uh, museum. All the experts wrote letters of attesting to that the they the authenticity or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it the documentary goes where you think it's going to go, and in the end, the fraud is revealed, and yada yada yada. But in the process, they are interviewing these art collectors who have who have been duped, and I guess we are supposed <laughs> to feel. <laughs> sympathetic uh-huh. to these people for uh-huh. having spent $10 million uh-huh. on something that was effectively worthless. And I was just watching and feeling like it, 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 these people are terrible. Like everyone oh, yeah. was terrible all the way around. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, that's, it, that's the other thing about forgery is that it feels like a victimless crime because the victims often suck. So you're like, okay. Not only does it feel <laughs> like a victimless crime, it is a victimless crime crime and almost (laughs) should not even be a crime because part of the documentary goes into how beautiful these forgeries were Mm -hmm. and p and the people who purchased them were saying on the record in interviews i was you know brought to tears by how beautiful it was and i just need we really wanted it and we really enjoyed it when we bought it Mm -hmm. so they enjoy it when they bought it then it becomes that comes that it's a fraud and then it becomes worthless. So then, and then they become angry. So what are they angry about? They're angry that they lost money. Mm-hmm. And they're angry that they no longer have something that someone else can't have, which is the prestige of owning right. original art. Right, right. When you have so much money, you can buy anything. You want to, the things you actually want to buy are the things that no one else can buy. Yes. And so when those special. two things are taken away from you, yeah. so it's just like, I'm supposed to like feel sorry for this person who admitted that they thought it was beautiful, thought the, the piece of art was beautiful. But now that anyone could have that piece of art because there's a Chinese man in Queens who could paint it, <laughs> Let's just them, make it for them, then it's worthless. Yeah. Yeah. And why did you, it's arbitrary to my mind, why these people stopped where they stopped. <laughs> and by that, I mean, there are these fakes created by one man mm-hmm. who has copied all of these artists yes. and who has sold $80 million mm-hmm. through through some other people who are paying him to make the paintings, but um, who is still alive making art. Yeah. Granted, he's copying art. Mm-hmm. 
isn't the art world built on just a house of cards anyway? Yes. So don't you double down? If I was, if I had wasted, quote unquote, wasted $10 million buying a fraud, I would double down and be like, find that artist. Uh-huh. Get him under exclusive put, contract. Put, get him under exclusive yes. contract. He's only making stuff for my house. He's only copying all the masters. Uh-huh. And, but he, and like, it's going to be this art world sort of commentary where he's mm-hmm. like, now you can, you can own an original Rothko, but then you can also own this other thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can, get, you can get matched Rothkos and hang them on either you side of your fireplace. Rothkos. One of them is real. One of them's not. That is art. That's art. <laughs> That's no, I art. I love it. I love it. I, I love mean, it. if if Andy Warhol can make like a tomato can art. Well, well, the thing the thing about the about art though is like I mean the art market such as it is like the art buying market is that it is really kind of like the stock market. It's only based on what people believe is valuable, not what it's act. You know, there's no right. actual value, of course. Like so, the perceived value is everything. So if you are duped quote unquote can you like con the con by like making this is what i'm saying oh that's brilliant turn like, the tables yeah make make other people think it's about val- it's it's even more valuable and and so he, he was signing the pieces you know mm-hmm. rothko but mm-hmm. he was forging forging the whole thing including the signatures and in my mind it's like turn the tables and that is going to be 50 years from now, there's now there's going to have to be the resume of the Roth, the real Rothkos where you have like all the documented ones. And then you're going to have to have the fake ones too. And like, you can't tell the difference unless you have documentation and it becomes like a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that Chinese man making the copies is also going to die one day. So he can't make unlimited unlimited copies. copies. Right. Right. So, his copies will be, will be, will his be an, copies. In, and that will be a limited inventory at a certain point. Who knows you know, when the inventory will be. Exactly. That's I mean, when you get him he under in contract. Prison? Is that guy in prison now? Uh, no, he fled to China before anything could happen. Oh, so he's out there. So he's, he's out, out there, there. Prodig- prodigiously talented, able to copy all the these Which amazing They artists. touched the, on this for a, just a, a glancing moment in the documentary, but it is, I think, a very interesting fact that you know, we use the word forgery to talk about really exquisite copies of art. Mm-hmm. But there is a Chinese tradition, a long, long, long Chinese tradition, whereby artists, great artists, copy other people, other artists exquisitely. Mm-hmm. And it's not really known as forgery. It's, it's, it's a, a supreme sign of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, anyway, I just think that's an interesting idea. It's also just a, you know, a, a very Western maybe point of view. This idea, of like forgeries and copying things, and you know, ownership over uh, property, intellectual or otherwise. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. So I have I have two thoughts about this art thing. One will take us in a slightly different direction, mm-hmm. but 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 one thing is that um, you know, I did I did this event. Uh, last month that was um, really interesting conversation with some artists and one of the thing one of the the things that didn't make it into the final cut of this of this event was um, sort of some conversation about the idea of like about value <laughs> about monetary value in art and um, that the the 
artists of, of a certain generation, like in the 80s and 90s in New York, um, the one, only ones that you know now um, are people who were creating art that, that a rich person can own that no one else can have. Um, so, you know, th th first of all, the tangibility uh, uh, factor um, is really important and the like the, that you can trade it and like sort of actually physically ch exchange hands. Um, and that is, is what becomes renowned and that's what becomes like valuable, quote unquote, whether those people are alive to profit off of it or not is not the question, but just like that, you know, the tangibility like, right, did, like means like declares the value of something and in the long run um and like you know it's interesting about things like like film or tv or something like that which are which are tangible but also don't have that quality that like you can have it and no one else can have it it's just in your house and no one else can have it so it will never have that same sort of cachet of like um auction house million right. millions whatever um the second thing I wanted to, that this was makes me think of is like I actually brings up something that I wanted to ask you, um, which is about art, aesthetics and art and taste, um, which is that so we have this you know new apartment, lots of wall space. As we mentioned lots of square footage, mm -hmm. lots of wall space, um, and um, we had or you had really like uh, discovered or been reminded of like the art auction on housing works and like been looking at like different art and different sculptures and different um, paintings and things. And um, I think you have really good taste. And I want to ask you like, what do you like, what do you look, what do you, how would you describe your taste? So you were showing me a few different things and mm -hmm. you were like, here's this like still life of flowers. And it's really, it's really beautiful. It's cool. And then, and you're like, here is this quilted wire sculptures of goat people mm -hmm. in doing yoga. Um, They're like two feet tall sculptures. And I think we should have these. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 like the craziest, weirdest little like. like. I think um, the core when I'm looking, when, yeah, I'm, when, I'm, peru okay, when I'm perusing art, so and, the, and we're talking about like thumbnails let's back on up the a internet, bit. right? So you know, Housing Works is a, a thrift store in New York City with multiple locations, um, a nonprofit organization founded to to fight HIV/AIDS, mm -hmm. and you so you can go to their physical thrift store and uh, all over many locations in the city and purchase things, but there are donations that are made to these different locations that are of a certain value so that housing works decides to offer them an auction instead of just selling them in the shop yes so <clears throat> you can go online and you can look at what they have and and bid so i have been doing that um often outbid and that is okay <laughs> win some lose some <sighs> Um, we do have a piece of art that you won. Yeah, we do. Currently gracing um, the house. We it's do amazing. have a bust. We went, I feel like I convinced you to go pretty high on the one that we won. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit higher than you were comfortable in going that you wanted to go. But I thought to myself, in retrospect, will we regret not having this bust? Yeah. Which, by the way, it's like this, this like crazy 80s, like it looks like, something from the set of dick tracy or something yes, it's like exactly. amazing that's a really good description yeah oh my god she's amazing i love her I, I i look up at her 
every morning when I, I walk out into the living room. And I'm just like, yes. Yeah, she's great. So, um, so yeah, so I'll go on the website and I'll, I'll peruse through these thumbnails pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. What I am looking for myself, yes, that's what my I enjoy is I don't want to look at all of these thumbnails um, closely at first. One, I am looking online, so there are things that you can't really appreciate. Um, totally. Texture, like texture you're not going to yeah. appreciate. So I'm looking quickly because what I want what I want is to know, first of all, the things that catch my eye like immediately. Like if I was going to walk mm-hmm. in someone else's house and what would make me stop and, and one, try to figure out what was happening? So this was going to be my next question, actually. It's like when you walk into someone else's house and you're like, Oh, this person has good taste. Like, what does that mean to you? Like, how, how do you determine that? Like, what, like, you know? Well. So what you're saying, wait, like to, I mean, I don't, I didn't mean to cut you off because what you were saying is sort of speaks to that, which is like, what, like if you go in somewhere and you don't immediately know what's going on, that's good. That's good for you. And that also speaks to what we were talking about earlier. A place, I think can be too serene. It can be too simple. It can be, you know, if something gives you a little bit of like visual discomfort. Yes. Like that to you is like an like an appealing. Well, it's quality. like you know, um, sometimes people will say things about like an Airbnb, they're like, "Oh, it looks like a hotel room," or mm-hmm. what? It, what do people mean when they say, "Oh, this looks like a hotel room"? That means that there's like nothing in it that is offensive. It's like mm-hmm. it all matches. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense, but it has no style. Uh huh. Like no character. No. So I think style can be many different things, but there, but style does need to have a quality of interest, mm-hmm. which like a hotel room, unless it's well-styled, which most aren't, are like not interesting on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, if we're talking about like broad style, it's also like the combination of things. Like you don't have to have like everything you own doesn't have to be like a, a show piece. It's mm-hmm. also about putting things together High and, low and, and, and yeah. whatever. Yeah. But when I'm but when I'm looking at online, it's like the things that catch my eye because they're interesting and I want to figure out what's going on. Or yeah, I I am very very interested by this aesthetic thing, like uh, rule of thumb. I don't know what you would call it. Like you're a ruling principle for you, which is that. And you've said this to me about clothing too that as a tip for me like when i go shopping is that like because i because i'm not not because you just volunteered this but because like i'm looking (laughs) for things that are have more are more unusual or like that are more style forward or whatever you know not just like basics which have their time and place too and your your advice was like when you go um you should gravitate towards the things where you're like when you pull it off the rack it's because you're like is this horrible or is this great? Yep. And your first instinct should be like, I don't know. Like, you're like, is that good? Mm-hmm. Or is that crazy? Or is it crazy good? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love, I, you know, I think that's a really good guiding principle for things. And like, and even just like it for, for all things, so like even for like writing things, I'm like, I want to like, it's like you want people to think about it. You don't want it to be like in a, so inoffensive that it's like, Right, that it's, your eye just skims right over over the page. It's like you want you want it to be like, wait, I had to think about that. Is that weird, or is that brilliant? Yeah, is 
it crazy brilliant? <laughs> you know, if your eye is too comfortable on something, it's because it's it's boring. It's boring. Yeah. If there's like one, like some quality that eye catches on, even if before the brain like even understands what's going on, mm-hmm. it can so be like a proportion. So it's something thing. that your eye catches, and then your brain has to catch up to be like, is this good or bad? That's yeah. the, that's the that's that quality. Yeah. And so it's like asymmetry. It's mm-hmm. it's a different cut, mm-hmm. a different proportion. It's weird little um, goat people sculptures yes. in your living room. <laughs> if it's something where it's like the way yeah. material can move, you know, all that yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. This is good, good getting principle. I'm so. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> I'm no expert. <laughs> but, but I am. You know what? You say uh, you're no expert, but the, but books have been built on less. That's true. So get this guy a book deal. <laughs> So then I was like, okay, well, you know, third time's a charm. I go over to the next car. (laughs) And there's just this guy. There's one guy. You know, like there's other people on the car, but there's one guy. He's unmasked. He's sitting there just looking straight ahead and just smiling. Just a fixed smile, just looking straight ahead. Silently smiling. So then I was like, okay, well, this guy is... Uh, so, and nobody was sitting, nobody was sitting in the like stretch across from him because it was like, he was just like looking yeah. and smiling. So then, um, so I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, isn't I- that powerful? That man <laughs> in order, <laughs> in order to create space for himself, like oh, all yeah. you have to do is, is just, just be just slightly outside the social order enough to make people to a little people. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm, to be like, that's weird. That's weird. It's not like I'm not afraid for my life necessarily, but but yeah. better safe, you know. Yeah. So there's nobody around him. He's got lots of space, and so everybody's in the other end of the car. And then eventually he 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 does this, and he pulls his whole head inside his sweater, and the hair is just sprouting out the top, and he's yeah. just like turtled inside his <laughs> sweater. And I thought, you know, and I, I thought to myself, should I go back to the urine car? Or should I go back to the heroin car? And then I thought, you know, this guy is fine this is the best of my options so there i there i stayed but anyway that was midnight last night and um you know i was like here we are big city bright lights big city i'm in, i'm into it i i caught up with a friend yesterday who lives in a uh, like a small village in germany and it's funny because she was uh, we, you know kind of talking about how we were talking about like not appreciating what you have like your lifestyle and how good it is to other people. Mm-hmm. So meantime, she's living in this bucolic little Bavarian gorgeous village. And then she's talking about like sort of missing in New York the possibility for uh, like things to just happen to you, like meeting people. Yeah. Uh, chance encounters. So she's like the removal of sort of chance encounters um, whether it's people or it's things or whatever, like just encountering different ideas even, there's no chance of that in my life anymore. Like we've, I've removed any of the variables that would, that would introduce surprises into my life. So I the thing, people. and she was just talking about like a, like an old <laughs> romance um, where basically it was like a person who she'd like dropped her glove on the subway. So it was very, it's very Victorian. And he like picked up her glove and then like they got a then, wild romance ensued. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, actually, a wild romance ensued from being on a crowded train and dropping your glove. There is, like, a real city. Well, like, I'm not going to spread her, her personal life. Yeah. Uh, but that wasn't the only <laughs> <Yeah>. highly romantic <laughs> chance know, encounter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For real, for real. <laughs> but, like, city, so. it is, but I, I, you know, and she was like, so that's what I miss. And not, I mean, not that, not dropping right. your glove, but you know, like that, that the, the, the possibility that that could even happen. She's like, not even that it would happen, just the notion that something like that could happen. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's, that's like a really nice like perspective to get. And like, I feel, I feel sold on that notion. Like a few smaller things. First of all, um, my stomach was messed up earlier, <laughs> um, you know, and, and Christmas time um, and at one point, I became convinced, mildly convinced, that I had a tapeworm. Now, oh my God. the evidence, I wouldn't say, supported the fact <laughs> that I had a tapeworm. <laughs> but um, as we all know, what, the what internet know? will give oh. you what you Are want. looking for. Whatever it is, whatever dark thing you're trying to go so, to. Right. Yeah. So every person who's ever had a tapeworm who's gone on the internet contradicts one another. So it's like, oh, you're hungry. You're not hungry. You're this. You're not. You're this. I was this. And I, you know, so anything you can so find you went onto somebody. The, you, you made your way onto the tapeworm forums. <laughs> and for anyone who's m m vaguely squeamish, okay. I do suggest you never, ever, mm -hmm. ever Google tapeworm. Okay. And if you do, yeah. do not click on the news tab oh. or the image tab if you're using the Google search engine. I'm already disgusted just thinking about it. Which, P.S., we need to talk about us all finding a new search engine, but yeah. that's for another day. Is it? I mean, yeah. are we asking Jeeves again? <laughs> are we going to do that? Whatever happened to Jeeves? Is he just waiting in the I'm wings? sure someone owns that address. Oh, my God. What I did learn that is interesting, I, I mean, they can live oh inside you for decades. That's so, that's, 30 years. I think I have goosebumps on my face. If you got a tapeworm when you were five years old... It could still you be kicking around. You might still have it now if you're in your mid thirties. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is so. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna turtle my inside my sweater like that man. Anyway, so um, it turns out I don't have a tapeworm. Oh good. Um, I didn't get it checked out, but let's I, just but knock I've, on wood here. Um, just good I returned to normal. My body did what it was supposed to do, which is yeah, because you you took some placebo pills and yep. uh, and bam, mm -hmm. I'm back. So for years I've been getting emails and i guess they're not technically spam emails because someone who is a customer of the jonah bank of wyoming <laughs> has put down my email address okay probably seven years ago okay and at first i thought it was spam mm -hmm. but i and but then i got curious because i only they only send an email twice a year okay very quick sidebar similar thing it's like a group of cancer researchers that at first i was like this is spam this is like spam but it's like some of them have legitimate like nih like 
email, email addresses. addresses. It's just like a bunch of cancer researchers, researchers that are so dedicated to trying to send me their slides for different presentations and things. And I and I and then finally I've written I've written to them a couple of times and been like, this is not who you think it is, and I please don't send me your cancer slides. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Did they ever get back to you? I, I just um, remain on the distribution list. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. No. I'm, I'm, you're I'm you're forever. forever. You're caught on the list, sir. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. So, so, so the mm-hmm. Jonah Bank of Wyoming is a legitimate bank. Uh, and why I am, I'm now on their email <laughs> list and I think I'm going to stay. Okay. Because whoever writes the copy um, is brilliant. Lay it on me. So... Happy holidays from Jonah Bank. <laughs> and I, I will abbreviate some of this, but I find myself writing this on Black Friday, frankly, because it's a ghost town here. It's been a while since we shared an update, so I thought I would take this chance to fill you in on what's happening around here. <laughs> dot, God. dot, dot. Nothing. <gasps> that pretty much sums it up. You may be asking, <laughs> if nothing is happening, then why are you bothering me? Well, our two fearless leaders retired a couple months ago, and we were excited to say we made it through. The bottom didn't fall out. there are 82 other jonah bankers here to take care of you the uh and they are way smarter than the three of us oh my god (laughs) (laughs) p.s for those of us for those of you who ask yes we promise not to screw it up kim devore president ceo jonah bank wyoming I oh, my God, that's so weird. Wait, oh, my God, there's a drawing. And, uh, Wait, include, you, didn't, you did not. included a cartoon drawing. It, it's, like a, it's like a crayon drawing yeah. that, that it seemingly she made. She has made. She made She made it. Yeah. And it, she only has like three or four colors here, but oh, my. Those are the two former bosses riding off into the sunset. Riding off into the sunset. One of the, their horses has wheels, it appears, or, or, or is riding a skateboard, yeah. um, perhaps. Oh, my God, how bizarre is that it's unhinged she scanned it's unhinged she scanned a crayon drawing i feel like you really buried the lead in saying that there was hand-drawn art in this bank email <laughs> yeah. yeah that's amazing kim devore who was a performance <laughs> artist turned bank ceo <laughs> so if you're in wyoming and you need uh, any type of banking help maybe a mortgage i suggest you go to 777 jonah way in cheyenne casper casper wyoming casper wyoming have we been to casper did we drive through casper is that where we had our ill-advised mexican food that was cody 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 not to be confused with casper yeah you really just pulled that wyoming city name out of your head Okay, I am, for the very first time in my life at the age of 36, taking a drawing class. That's lovely. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited about that. I I feel like... I have not taken an art class since seventh grade. Yeah, middle school. Seventh grade was the last time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember it vividly. Um, The art teacher was off her rocker and mm-hmm. this is the par for the course in in your school yeah tales yeah, yeah. The middle school like, art teacher she was yeah was, i mean your stories are like it's like oh yeah that one time when my teacher was trying to explain that the earth was only two thousand years old like yes. in was it in history class or it was in science history class, class in high yeah. school he's like i know what the uh the well, textbook the tells say, you says, but, but we know what the real book meaning the bible says. oh my god 
That is so tragic. <laughs> so, um, where was I? Drawing, drawing class. class. So I took Sorry. my very first <laughs> drawing class this past Tuesday in uh, downtown Brooklyn. And I didn't know what to expect because I have no facility and like not naturally inclined. I've never, drawing is not something I did growing up. Wasn't, not, I don't, I'm not particularly good at it. Go to this class and an adult drawing class and I have never been to a, a, an art class as an adult and they just throw you into the deep end. <laughs> What you were hoping for. There were six people in the class. Uh It's very intimate. Uh The way it was organized, the instructor was three feet away from me Mm -hmm. and watching what I was doing the entire time. Mm -hmm. He gave maybe a three minute, oh, light and shadow. Think about that. Here's a thing to draw. And I did not want to look to my left and my right to people who were next to me. We were spaced out a little bit because Mm -hmm. of COVID. I was like, I'm not going to look at what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep yeah. my head yeah. down. Yeah, stay in your lane. And I'm just going to start. Uh-huh. Were, you, were you nervous? I wasn't nervous per se. Okay. But I was immediately uh, discouraged. Oh. Because mm-hmm. I, it was, it, it, it didn't, my finished product, I'll say, looks Pretty good, especially I for a first so. time. I think it looks really good. But it didn't look like anything until I was almost done. Oh. So, okay. So what you're saying is you're discouraged because because the discovery is that you're a true artist. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I use my, I did the basic shapes. You know, here's a circle, here's a circle, whatever. And here's where the light source is. And I have to shade here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, for, for the two hours, I was like, this it looks terrible, terrible. Mm-hmm. but I am hemmed in, first of all, on both sides. Wait, so you're saying if you hadn't been hemmed in, you would have been tempted to been just like, storm out of the room? Maybe I should just like leave. Wait, are you serious? Are you <laughs> no, serious? I wasn't going to leave. Okay. But I, I like, did have that on. I did have that sense like if I was not in a mm-hmm. class, mm-hmm. I would definitely have gotten up and done something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And and many times I was like, okay, just keep going. And, uh, and I would move around the page. I would do something here a little bit for a while and then be like, God, that looks terrible so then i would go to another, <laughs> that looks terrible you know but there's only so many places i could go on the page so i did but it kept like coming back around to the terrible mm-hmm, spot mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. and terrible spot there and yeah, i was gonna say this you know, as long as there's a real there's a real lesson there you're like i'm gonna do this thing and then it's gonna until it's like this is terrible and then i'll do this other terrible thing and then eventually i'll have to circle back around <laughs> to the first terrible thing and then just keep tweaking it until turns out that as a whole it's not too terrible yeah yeah i endured you endured. I'm proud of you for trying something new yeah. for sure. So I have I don't know five five or so more weeks. So you were you were hoping though that you, they were going to go in and tell you this is how you you make this is how you art good. Well, <laughs> I probably uh, well yes and no because mm-hmm. I actually am a person who would prefer <laughs> just to observe and watch someone do something right right and then and then try to do it myself and then at the other end. The instructor can then give their class, right, their t- right, right? And that's true of any art. So it's like, I would rather hear someone sing. Me try to sing. Mm-hmm. Don't, as an instructor, don't tell me. Don't tell me to tweak anything. Don't whatever, because 
my body, my ear is figuring out what's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't need mm-hmm. my brain to then get in the way, get in the way mm-hmm. and be like, hold your tongue here, do that. Or mm-hmm. an instructor being like, well, maybe you need to do X, Y, and Z on the page. And then I'm like, okay, now my brain is going to work to make that work. Instead, it was purely my eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really lovely. Being like, I know that doesn't look good. And then I do this. Really oh, it still doesn't look good. I'm going to keep going, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, and then at the other end, the instructor can say something like, oh, that would have, instead of taking two hours, that would have taken me 15 minutes. Right. But <laughs> that is learning. That is learning. It's a better method. That is learning. learning. So I'm glad I didn't get a whole course mm-hmm. and approach mm-hmm. before I could develop my own approach. Because also he could tell me next week, oh, you could do it this way. And it might help. But it also, but also means that I'll have developed my own quote unquote, like technique your your own strategy my own strategy Uh uh and then i can blend it with a suggestion of how to make that Mm -hmm. better but Mm -hmm. i don't have to rely i'll have experience behind me where i won't just have to rely on some old asshole's point of view a really um (laughs) until you called him an asshole it's like (laughs) no he's actually nice approach (laughs) no he's actually great he was was really sweet and really great yeah no that's that's really lovely i'm he did come over the end uh close to the end of class he was like so how do you feel about things and you're like terrible and i was like how do i feel (laughs) and then then you weirdo he goes he comes back to me there's like i'm sorry for asking you that question that was a weird question and i would be like yeah what's a a weird question i just no i what i wanted to tell him is like i this is my very first drawing class yeah yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how I feel. <laughs> I don't know what I, where I am or what's happening to me right now. Like well, I'm, I knew I didn't want to come mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. I thought for me, I was like, I don't want to tell him anything negative. I don't want to be like, mm-hmm. I hate what I've done. Because what does that do? I Nothing. really appreciate. I really appreciate that. I I really do. And it's also like, um, you know, we've which we've talked about frequently before is like creatively or otherwise whether it's something new to you or it's not new to you like telling people how to feel about it before um yes beforehand is like a major mistake so that's that's at work that's at you know whatever the context and i'm i still learn that on a daily basis when we we are co-writing together Mm -hmm. and um when i um am ready to give you something my new the thing that i'm trying uh day by day is like if i if i don't feel good about what i'm giving you then i shouldn't give it to you why am i going to waste your time if i really think it's bad right or am i just trying to like manage expectations by giving you something that i want you to like but telling you that i think it's bad Mm -hmm. before you read it right and I know we've talked about it before, but but like I'm real like that's something that I think about a lot more now is that if, if when I give you something, I'm not going to tell you how to feel about it. I know how I feel about it, yeah. but I'm not going to tell you how, to feel, how you how yeah. you feel because like oftentimes the greatest surprises come from the things that you and un- you unexpectedly like that I didn't like even, you know, mm-hmm. or you saw the potential in something that I thought was bad. And you're like, oh, actually, that's a seed of a good idea. But if I told you in advance, that part is dumb and we should rewrite it and we should, you know, we shouldn't, like, that's not where what it should be. Then that's what you're going to go in read, yeah. reading for. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, that's, if you think it's trash, why would I even, why would I defend it, you yeah. know? Um, so, yeah, I, like, I know this is a different context, obviously. Well. A first time drawing class, but, but. I, I see, like, but I, I knew in the moment quality. I didn't want to say I don't like it or because like, oh, I've never done oh, this what before. Like about it. Let's see how we can make it better. Like I, I didn't want his whatever comment, instructive um, 
instruction he wanted to give me to be filtered through me. Right. I wanted it to come fully from what he saw and determined that was the it, highest it, yeah, priority it's, it's the to same, tell It's me. kind of the same thing or something that you thought, you maybe thought was bad. You know, he might see some something positive in there yeah. or like some, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, so so good it was instinct. a good class and I, I look that. forward to to practicing more. And oh, Well, you've been wanting to try something new for a while, learn learn a new skill and like try visual art and that's been on your mind for mm-hmm. like a while like while we were in new orleans too but circumstances made it difficult to, to um, find art classes down there so i'm excited for you we write curate and produce as vj and stevens and you can subscribe to Don't Think Twice anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're currently back to curating live productions and writing and pitching our scripted works for television. You can learn more about us at vjandstevens.com. That's V-I-J-A-Y and S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. We're on Instagram at vjandstevens. And our assistant, Susan, is lousy at tweeting at memos from Susan. probably the best solution is to decide before I bid how high I can I want to go on something and then just let it be that's a very (laughs) rational and unemotional approach that I no I'm I feel like I'm maybe maybe I'm the person who's not good at auditing because like I'm like well but if someone else wants it and then like I'm like well maybe I want it more maybe that makes me want it even more maybe I'm missing something maybe it's more valuable than I thought because that person <laughs> I've never met and will never see thinks it's really whose entire good. username I can't even read <laughs> <laughs> options. Um.